0: Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss novels, sidekicks, And direct manipulation. But first, a word from our sponsors. This episode of Tomorrow with Joshua Topolsky, which is who's me, uh, is brought to you by Wealthfront. Wealthfront is a low cost, automated investment service that makes it easy to invest your money the right way. It works 24 7. That's by the way, in case you're wondering, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to manage your portfolio. Keeping it diversified, customized to your risk profile, which for me would be very high risk, and optimizing its trading behavior to keep your tax bill low, all without ever charging commissions. Whether you've got millions or billions or you're just starting out, Wealthfront is the most sophisticated way to invest your money. To sign up and get your free personalized investment portfolio, go to wealthfront.com tomorrow. Are you a tech professional searching for a new company to share your tech skills with? I mean, or any skills? Then you should check out Hired. Hired connects talent with top tech companies. On Hired, software engineers and designers can get five-plus interview requests in a week. And since they work with over 2,500 companies from startups to large public companies and employers from 12 major tech hubs in North America and Europe, you're bound to find the right position for you. If you use our special link, Hired.com slash tomorrowpodcast to sign up, they'll double the bonus that you get when you accept a job. That's right. They'll double the $2,000 thank you bonus they normally give out when you sign up at Hired.com slash tomorrowpodcast. So that's $4,000 of sweet, sweet thank you money. If you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus when they accept a job too. So what are you waiting for? I mean, seriously, like what are you doing that's so important that you can't check out Hired.com slash tomorrow podcast right now? The answer, by the way, to that question is nothing. My guest today is uh, a man I've known for a long time, uh, and a man I enjoy speaking with uh, on a regular basis, semi-regular. Uh, he is uh, an amazing designer, a fascinating talker, and uh, I like to think of him as a friend. My guest today is Matias Duarte. Mat- Matias, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Josh. How much of that sounded right to you? <laughs> um, uh, well, it's very... Very sweet. Yeah. Well, I'm very sweet. That's what everybody says about me. They're like, you know, one thing about Josh, he's a very sweet guy. Um Let me so let me intro you for people who don't know who you are. Um You are, I mean, you're a designer first and foremost. Would you say that's true? No, sure. That's not right. No. <laughs> Why I is that not up. right? I literally fucked <laughs> up within 30 seconds. Is that what you? I mean, you're a designer. That's your that is your practice. That is that is my practice. Right. And uh you have been for many many years working. Somewhat exclusively on mobile devices, you were at Helio. That's right. You were designing Helio, and most a lot of people probably don't remember Helio. Is it? No, it was like, it was like an MVNO. It was a phone company that also had it. Did it? Was it also an MVNO?
1: It was an MVNO, right? And uh, we had some hardware that we had a pretty strong hand in in uh, creating, right? And you helped to design the the hardware and the software. That's right. Okay, so then then you went famously
0: went to Palm yes and worked on the Palm Pre and WebOS and that line of devices which was commercially a huge failure but <laughs> but but from a from a standpoint of design and user interaction i think a lot of people consider it to be very forward thinking very yeah, criti- very revolutionary critical and fan success yeah I personally was a big fan. I wrote a 10,000-word review of the Palm Prix. a three-part 10,000-word review of the Palm Pre. <laughs> part, 10, the Palm Pre. Uh, and then you left. And we've been friends ever since. And been, you're like, anybody who spends that much time talking about my product is a friend of mine. Um, and then you left and you went to Google and you started working on Android. And since you've been uh, at Google, some, mo- I would say, monumental changes have happened in design, not just... On the phones and tablets, but of course, very much on the phones and tablets, but across the ecosystem of Google products.
1: Yeah, it was a
0: a great time, and it's all you're doing. No, by yourself, (laughs) you were an army of one. You went in there. No, my understanding is you went in. You said to Larry and Sergey, "You said, listen, you may, you (laughs) You may, you may think think you're going to do it your way, but I'm doing it my way." And they were very scared of the. They felt the force of your design powers, and they said, "Whatever you want."
1: that narrative is almost however you, you want to entirely do <laughs> uh incorrect <laughs> they were like anything you need anything you want we're here for you hmm. okay
0: so anyhow but you have had a pretty uh, major influence on the look and feel of like what google does in terms of products and sorry i just want to adjust this lamp a little bit make it a little moodier in here um <laughs> i was adjusting a lamp in case wondering. if you're listening at home that's what i was doing um you've had a huge influence and there's been uh uh from the time that you joined Google I'm not saying that you did all this yourself obviously I, there's a big team effort there but uh, you know from the from what Android was to material design into what Google products look like now and the new Google logo and branding certainly there's some,
1: some yeah there's some Mateus, no I there's mean, some was, in there somewhere <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I feel super lucky to to have been at Google at a time when all of this was happening and to be able to Take part in it and to be a bystander while all of these talented no, people, no, the, you know, you oh, okay. get your fingers in there and 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 get to be part of it and, and contribute something. Um, I I think I might have said to you when we were first speaking about the Palm Prix that I felt like it was this incredible. Um, you know, like, I don't know, like responsibility and also kind of joyride feeling to work at a company like Palm and be responsible for, you know, a big transformation in right. Palm. Because right. when I was young and I went to school and I, I had looked up to them and um, and Google was kind of like that on steroids. It's like... Well, it's Google. It, yeah, it's Google. And like, Android, oh, I mean, of, of all the products. I mean, obviously Google has... Can
0: I say holy crap? Was that You okay? can say anything you okay. want on this podcast. I should also tell you and maybe we'll leave this in and maybe we'll edit it out if you say something that sounds stupid or awful we can edit it out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good. So like so there's going to there be a lot of version, editing. Let's
0: just say to the people listening there's a version of this podcast which is gets really raw. Matthias goes completely fucking nuts. And unfortunately <laughs> you can't hear it. It was great. I'm you know we're editing this back in. Because that's how editing works. This is after the podcast is over. He went completely ballistic. But you're only going to hear the safe part. I, I promise I'll be good now. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank God. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, Google's a huge place. But you've had a huge impact. I mean, it's it's a, got a huge presence in the market. But if you look at Android... I'm sorry. If I look at Android as a, casu- as, a as a very casual observer... <laughs> <laughs> well, can I just say, you brought... This is very nice. You brought a small bottle of champagne to the session. Some Moe. Um, is that how you pronounce that? I don't really know how to speak French, so... I think so. You don't know, sound a hard tea. Moet. That'd be uncool. I, I, I That's don't very think so. At any rate, he brought a uh, hotel bottle of champagne. That's what I had. I think, I don't know if I should be worried about you. You're like, I had to, I had to make sure there was booze with me. <laughs> I had to bring a gift. <laughs> it's very nice. Anyhow, we're enjoying some, some delicious champagne while we're doing this. I also have a vodka soda, which I think is excessive, but uh, I like is, to. Is
1: this part of your revenue model? Do you get like.
0: Yes, Moët, Moët and Chandon, one of our advertisers. We love their champagne, and uh, they give us uh, money. That doesn't happen, but it'd be cool. (laughs) Or at least people just—if they just wanted to send champagne, I'd be happy to talk about how delicious it is. Um, Actually, I've always wanted a, a, a liquor sponsor. It's very, for some reason, it's never happened. Okay, so so here's the interesting thing. So you got to Google. Actually, let me start further. Let me start further back. How did how did this start for you? Like how did you how did you end up as a person who I mean you have a very particular job. Your job is or at least has been you have to think about the way people use things and design interfaces for that for those use cases, right? Which is a very particular type of design. I mean, you're obviously you can design many things, yeah. and there's a look and a feel and interactions that are more vague than just like how people do things, but a lot of your work has been
1: how does a thing do a thing? Yeah, well this this whole field industry practice of making software. And it's pretty new. It's only been around for a couple decades. And the idea that that you would focus on the experience, crafting the experience of, of how you interact things, what the things look like, how do they move, how do they make you feel, how many steps is it going to take, all these factors together, that's also a pretty new practice. Um, I feel like my career and the the things that I've I've been able to to contribute to and deeply uh, invest in has been even like more specialized and more rarefied which is um, I really I really work on systems right a lot of my work has been on operating system design itself you know why what shows up when you turn the thing on how do you get to the things that you want um, how do how does the software that, that thousands of different people are going to be delivering to you? How does it all come together to become a singular experience on your phone um, or your tablet or your laptop? How, uh, how do the people who are going to make all that software work together? What kinds of things does the operating system provide? What kinds of building blocks and tools do you give to the people who make software? What is This is what they call the framework or the widgets of right. of the operating system. Right. Um, and so it's, a, it's an interesting thing because you 're uh, you know you I, I talk to lots of designers and i 've hired lots of people and, and and one of the things that you normally think about when you tackle a design problem is is what is the problem and what is the audience and if you 're doing like um, a note taking app for professionals or you 're doing um, a you know scheduling app for hairdressers or your you know you oh, all of these <laughs> i like I like watching you try to figure out very specific types of apps yeah yeah they they all have very finite markets um very specific users that you can imagine, and you can deeply understand how their needs are different than other people's needs right. and like what trade offs like are you going to make
0: like a database for fly fishers. Sure. You know, that's something that needs to exist. Top of mind.
1: How do you design that Uh, for for fly fishing enthusiasts? Yeah. Um, But when you design a system itself, (laughs) right, like your audience is basically everybody. Right. Right. And so you have to work at this level of um, actually have two constituencies, like the people who are going to use the end product at the end of the day. And they don't care that it's an amalgamation of like, there's one company made the phone, this other company is making this operating system. And then like 20 different companies are making individual apps that come into that. They don't care about that. They just want to use the phone to get through the day. I right. Get shit done. They, yeah. They want to live, live their lives. Right. Be free, <laughs> yeah. be free of annoyances and complications. Um, so you have to, you have to serve them, but then you also have to actually serve the people who are trying to make apps. Right uh so it it requires you to think about these problems in a different way and to think about systems and to have a very um kind of rigorous systemic approach to things i like to think of uh of myself um and my team and the types of things that we contribute as making tools or infrastructure right it's like i'm not going to write a book Right. right. Um, I'm not going to write the great American novel, but maybe you I'm might, going to. You know, to, don't,
0: don't uh, undersell
1: would, your yeah. talents. No, no, no. I, I think. I it's, could see you doing the great I, American novel. I'm, a lone designer I'm, I'm struggling with uh, the, you know. I I'm comfortable know, with the, the acknowledgement that I will never write the you great American novel. You don't think American you're going to write the great American novel? I, am, I am confident. What of about that. the setup,
0: though? A guy, a lone <laughs> designer
1: in the belly of a huge company.
0: Uh, and really it's a parable it's really about like the American condition yeah. the, uh, sounds like state. Pinocchio it's like a post 9-11 yeah. American condition okay I'll read that can we design our way out of away from terror <laughs> <laughs> are you getting up to leave <laughs> that's what it looked like you're doing You're like, I'm, I'm getting another drink right yeah, now yeah you really should um, yeah so, okay, so you design, you, but you design, you're essentially saying that you design... Um,
1: no, I, I make the paper. The hammer, right? Yes. The, the paper. Design the... <laughs> yeah, because normally when people write a novel, okay. they pick up a hammer. Okay, do I you, don't know but do you what your writing typewriter? process do you is like. you make the typewriter? You, you, you've, you've run yeah. publications, <laughs> yeah, hammer, editorial you this, rooms.
0: Most, <laughs> most web publications writers, use hammers. hammers. Are you not aware of that? It's a
1: secret. That? I know, that's I a, didn't know that. That's the difference
0: between us. You know, you're thinking about this system of, you know, interaction. I'm... With the I'm with the hammers, the yeah. People with the hammers, yeah, banging out great content, yeah. Everything Anyhow, everything looks like a nail. That's right. Everything looks like a nail to my people, um, to to the people that I associate with. Um, <laughs> so, the
1: people you hammer,
0: we're hammer hammering types of people. Okay, fine. So you make the paper. Do you make the type? You maybe say you make the typewriter.
1: Maybe we make the typewriter. Maybe we make. Um, you know, we work on, on the publishing industry or the, or the way that people distribute books or find books. The ink. Um, the ink. The ink. Yeah, sorry. I'm getting too wrapped up. <laughs> I don't know. No, 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 no. I am going say the ink might be another thing that you do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how, does, so how does one arrive at the desire to make the The ink or the typewriter as opposed to I mean there are a lot of designers I know a lot of designers who are like very psyched about mm-hmm. making the thing like yeah. we made this app or th- we made this beautiful you know layout in a magazine. <laughs> what, are, what are you laughing at No about? I'm
1: cuz I'm going to I'm going to be honest I'm going to answer this and it's a very selfish answer um it's a desire for control So um wow. interesting Yeah we so finally get to the core so if what you, makes you tick? if you think about if, if I was going to write that great American novel and I wanted to control every aspect of the experience and I decided, you know what, I, I hate these portrait oriented books or I hate the fact that, uh, uh, I know, right. Books the, in the, portrait orientation the, is the worst. Well, you know, I want a nice landscape oh, format yeah. cause I'm going to fill it with photographs of, I don't know, desolate American sure. landscapes. Wow. That seems like a landscape. I'm loving American your, I'm loving your great thing. American novel. <laughs> Very dark. <laughs> you took it there. Very dark. Oh, yeah. At any um, rate. control. If um, I loved computers when I started using them, and I loved the fact that you could, you could do things with them. And and you could, you could <laughs> anything you wanted. That's <laughs> true, basically that's true. It's it's what's amazing about him, right? It's like first it starts with like, oh my gosh, I can make little things move on the screen. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, and I get this disc from my cousin and I can like load up twenty different things. And then you're like, wait a minute. Like People make this stuff. Like yeah. I, I was of the, you know, Byte magazine generation. My dad would buy the the physical magazines with the program listings in them and sure. we'd type them up and you'd save it into a cassette tape. Well, there was no other form of yeah. like, getting that. And, you and then you realize like, wait a minute, I can change that. I understand what this program says. And instead of like, you know, 20 enemies on the screen, I can make it a lot easier. I make two. And it's like, yes, I'm so powerful. Yeah. And then you start kind to Kind of a like, cop out though, isn't it? You're like, I made it, so it's only two uh, enemies. Oh, okay. I beat All the right. game. Wow, check me yeah, out. Yeah, you're going to take it to the 12-year-old just who's learning how to program. Be like, hey.
0: No, it's know, true. Don't no, I, had a, I mean, I, of course, my experience with that was I'm far less – code never never made sense to me. I can just say, like, I tried, tried and failed to make sense of, like, the abstraction of code. But I do remember with HyperCard – Mm. We were t- talking about HyperCard the other we night, were. but I remember with HyperCard, I would take like other people's HyperCard stacks and tweak parts right. of them to like right. do different things. And I was always like, "Oh wow!" Like yeah. now it's a whole different experience. Of yeah. course, I was just and that myself, and that but... felt
1: amazing, and you felt powerful. Yeah.
0: And and that is what the I would I would leave after I was done with the HyperCard stack. I would rip my shirt off, leave my room, and just <laughs> announce and just announce to whoever was available that I was that I was in control, that I had the power. It's sort of like he man. Um... <laughs> Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's too much information. You like that video? No. A 12 year old job ripping his (laughs) shirt off. (laughs) Okay. So, anyhow, the. So you love making fewer no, enemies, but that's what I what I <laughs> what I love. Yeah, I do love making fewer enemies. I want to make friends. You're all about. I'm gonna reducing, I'm gonna change now the like program to make it so that you make friends instead of shoot those guys. You on the love screen. love the fewer enemies out there. The happier you get. That's true. Okay. Any yeah. I, I, I think that's that's pretty common.
0: So um, so then you so you kind but, of
1: understood the power of so, programming. Yeah, and I think intuitively, people get excited about about computers when they start understanding how they work because the nature of the computer, the amazing thing about this this invention, this machine, um, and it's it's actually kind of like language or kind of like writing, is its potential to be other things, right? The computer can become any kind of tool you want it to become. Oh, my God, that is, that is amazing. That's a super powerful thing. And you start doing that. You get excited. You program. You, you mess with things. Right. And then you realize, actually... All the time that you're doing that, you're working within constraints. Somebody else set the ground rules. Somebody else decided right. there's going to be a menu bar at the top of the screen. Or there's not here. going to be a menu bar at the top of the screen. <laughs> right. Or um, the way, you know, you're going to have two mouse button or you're going to have one mouse button. or. Um, and I was very excited about working in this space, but I realized I didn't want to have anybody else tell me what those limitations were. Yeah, I, I put, wanted to call those You can't shots. put a
0: limitation on Matthias. <laughs> you can't put boundaries. There are no boundaries that you're interested
1: in. No, it was, it was a very selfish desire to control the entire experience, which is why I got interested in systems.
0: Do you feel like you're very controlling in other areas of your life? Are you... <laughs> I mean, I'm curious to know. I am mean, curious to know, like... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of, we've had a lot of conversations about stuff like this. I'm actually sort of curious, like... Like when it comes to... Okay, so I'm like this. I mean, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I wish you everybody you could see the shape look. shape the
1: entire world. <laughs> you see the look that
0: Matthias just gave It was uh, diabolical. Uh, it was also one of fear. It was like, it was like evil and also uh, fearful. Not evil. Uh, it seemed evil to me. Uh, but for instance, like, um, like with your house, like with the furniture in your house, are you the person who's like, this is the kind of chair that I want. This is, the, this is where the sofa should go. This is, we should put this art on the wall. No, I've mellowed. Really? Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. No, I mean I have opinions and occasionally I'll want things you do? I'll want things strongly, but you know, I've 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 This is one of the things that that's very interesting as uh you, you said at the beginning I was a designer. And <laughs> well, um I think. I I've, I kinda think I'm still a designer, but I've felt that um throughout probably the last 20 years I've I've also had to grow to try to be not just a designer but a a creative leader and the balance of how much I am a designer and how much I am creative leader, whatever that means, a manager has changed. Is the word manager uh, appropriate? No, not manager. I'm terrible at management. Uh, you can ask but, anybody but, who works um, for me. <laughs> okay, so when you say creative, that's a good thing to admit. That's, a, uh, that's I think part, part, part of your success is knowing your weaknesses and finding other tools and people who can help you buttress your weaknesses. I,
0: I do think at some point um, people who are control freaks
1: have to uh, acknowledge their, the places where their control is not perfect. That's right. That's right. And also to take advantage of not having perfect control. Um, It's actually, I think, one of the secrets to succeeding um, in anything that's really hard is... uh, operating at a higher level like you want to have enough mastery of <laughs> that's good okay what does that mean yeah go ahead it's like all right let's let's take a simple example of of you know designing an application right and there's a whole bunch of different components to it right there's the interaction design there's a the visual design there's motion design um, and you could do all of those things yourself and you could gain mastery in all of those fields um, or you could operate at this higher level where you're trying to, where you're able to know enough about those fields to understand what you need to accomplish in each of those areas and create enough room so that uh, somebody else who is just as creative as you are uh, can contribute and own the exact solution in that particular area and oftentimes do a much better job than you could do because that's the only thing they're doing. Right. Um, You just described
0: pretty good management, actually. I mean, I think what you're talking about is as a manager
1: of people, being able to do that is a, like a big part of managing. Well, people. the, the, the management part I think comes in on, on the other side in terms of the understanding, um, how to keep people fulfilled in doing that and giving them, um, the right kind of attention and feedback and progression and sense of place in doing that. Um, and You know, in the same way that building huh. an app requires a lot of different parts, managing a team requires a lot of different parts. It requires a sensitivity to understand how people are doing right now and, and what they're trying to get out of certain things. And, and it's, it's hard to do all of those things yourself as well. And so, part of what I've uh, learned to do is in the same way that I've pulled back and delegated or created room for people to contribute to the product. Right. I've also learned to, to pull back and, and create room and, and get peep, uh, and, and act, frankly, get help in, in helping uh, having people uh, to contribute to the team and the process. Right. Right. Can I just say something that's completely unrelated to everything we just talked about? <laughs> it's your show. I you think paused, you, <laughs> you
0: paused for a moment to think about something. You sort of stopped yourself in uh-huh. mid, mid-sentence. You, you went so still and quiet. That for just a second, just like a millisecond, I was like, did something, like, did a, is there, has there been some kind of disturbance in the space-time <laughs> continuum? And has, like, has reality paused? Because it felt you were just, you stopped on a dime. Magnus, do you know what I'm talking about? This happened, right? When he was talking, he paused. It was very disturbing. I just want to say that. What? Yeah, he did. Right. It was like, for a second, I thought maybe you were having a seizure or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> in a very, in a very, like, in a very, sorry, I just want to say you oh, can't really? hear, okay. you can't hear Magnus right now, but he's agreeing with me. Yeah. It was a, it was I, a I moment. I, I, I honestly had to
1: do some intense math. subconscious processing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I a moment
0: know. where I questioned the nature of reality, just so you know. Okay.
1: So, okay. Uh, so listen, so. You should so, have another drink.
0: I'm, I'm working on it. Um so unfortunately we're out of this very tiny bottle of champagne it's i you know, know. Got a little bit left i would have brought two if there were two in the microphone if only if only okay so i want to switch gears a little bit i mean okay. this is very interesting but so uh, we actually what we didn't what, what we didn't get to and i'm just curious is like you so you decided that you did not want to be constrained by the system you wanted to be yeah you i, wanted to move I, I, up I couldn't level.
1: stand being constrained by the system so when i found an opportunity where i could actually work um, on the bounds of the system itself, like I, I threw myself into that, and the first opportunity I had was working on the sidekick uh, yeah. for Danger, and that was the first time I worked with. Oh, right! With Andy. I totally forgot. Uh, I totally didn't even
0: mention yeah. your
1: involvement in the sidekick. That's okay. Nobody remembers the sidekick.
0: No, everybody remembers the
1: sidekick. Anybody who, I think, most people remember the sidekick. It is. It is the uh, fate of most technology to be instantly forgotten i actually um you have you have to be a historian of technology to remember things that aren't in active use i mean the
0: vast majority of people who who know who i am and what i do would have never seen this but i did a pilot for a show on fx a talk show <laughs> and i had a writer on as the guest guy named josh Behrman, who's been on this podcast uh-huh. and he and i asked him to bring Something from his past, like from his technology past, that was meaning that had meaning to him, and what he brought was the sidekick. There was a sidekick that had like black and white, like comic
1: or graffiti on it. Oh yeah, yeah, about Sidekick two, maybe. Yeah, no, and it was he, a, it was a special edition of the sidekick one. We did a couple. Ah. We did one with uh, Juicy Couture and one with. Oh, you gosh, really, you really presage the, the era of Apple doing
0: Hermes the, uh, watches. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Juicy. Yeah. Well, we
1: kind of, kind of. Juicy. Did. And
0: uh, anyhow, this was like a collaboration with some kind of.
1: Yeah. Some graffiti artist or graffiti artist brand. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm so embarrassed.
0: So he had one and he brought it. He was like, this is actually what happened was he. Oh, I wish I had one of those. He. What that was, happened that was. was pretty sweet. The reason why it was meaningful to him is that he'd thrown it in a fit of technological rage. Like something, <laughs> something had happened either like on the device. I can't remember this. He told this story, but either on the device or, or that in his messaging with somebody, he got angry and he chucked it across a. Room and like smashed it, but he kept the smashed device. But then like he had lost it in a move, and I found one. I found that same model uh-huh. and got it, and we talked about it. and And he ended up smashing it again
1: on the show. Anyway, it was
0: a great, <laughs> it was a great moment. But like you say, that nobody, you say that nobody remembers the side. So kick. so
1: remembering. Destroying the things that yeah. I've worked on is, yeah. is the theme here. Well, I'm just saying that you think
0: you may think people don't remember the Sidekick, but there, I think for a lot of people, and I do know a lot of people who had Sidekicks, and it was a very meaningful. The Sidekick was the proto-smartphone, yeah, for an well, average there was, consumer. There
1: was this this generation of of products that were doing this kind of thing. I think the Palm Trio, the BlackBerry, you know, and the Sidekick were all orbiting around this sphere of trying to. Uh, make that next leap in yeah. technology, right? Like there, there had been a point where um, we'd already crossed a particular threshold that nobody was expecting, which was the threshold from you know desktop PC and shrink wrap software and everything to the web. Um, and, and that had happened, and that had kind of gotten mature, and it wasn't really clear what was going to happen next. And there was this pressure that was building up around what would eventually become smartphones and, and mobile, as we know it today, smartphones and tablets and stuff. And there were lots of things that were abortively you know, trying to go there, but, but hadn't right. actually like pulled the, like all the, the Blackjack. pieces together. The Blackjack.
0: Blackjack. Oh. It was like Blackjack. It was like their Blackberry, but yeah. they ran yeah, 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 yeah. Windows- mm-hmm. Yeah. mobile
1: oh, and and some of the some some of the more niche stuff is super interesting. There was like the there was a thing called the Moto, which looked like it had like a tongue. Do you remember that? What? It was like it was almost like a pager. It was supposed to be like really that, low cost. Was that, was
0: that the thing that AT and T
1: did? I think so. Didn't and they, then they had a thing. I think was, it was called the Moto. Like it was like a sidekick. I, I have ripoff. one of those. It was it was contemporary of the sidekick, very similar to what the original concept for the sidekick was. And then of course there was the NeoNode, right? Which uh, that was a European one. That one's. I mean, that, the NeoNode is super important. Was right? that the because one with that was the, the one laser? That, was that the one with the laser touchscreen? Uh, I don't remember the technology but they were the ones that did slide to unlock and they did the the multiple pages with the dots to indicate which page you were on yeah I think this is we're talking about the yeah same thing. so it was, was so it black super and white? super influential no it was the color it was, it was color calm. but it was it was particularly notable because it was a it was a cell phone that had no keypad. It was yeah. purely touchscreen-based. Yeah, I remember this um, device.
0: It was like a small black. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, so clearly, so they, used, so they, used they had
1: a, they had a four-way controller and a touchscreen on top of it. So they used a touchscreen technology that if,
0: correct me if I'm, well, maybe you won't be able to correct me, but I think their touchscreen technology was like they basically fanned out like a yeah. matrix of lasers yeah, across no, I the top that. of there, the screen. There,
1: there, there is a technology that does that. Um, they have a bezel that basically mm-hmm. has to be raised above mm-hmm. the screen to do it yeah i think that's the um, technology and that, that puts in like these restrictions on the industrial design and also because like, at the time
0: multi-touch would be sort of impossible i think with that
1: technology uh, i don't remember uh, i think it's like i've, it's I've seen on demos breaking, breaking from, the laser. from what they do um <laughs> sounds insane but it's like true from years ago where they were like we've got mul- we've got multi-touch now we've got like they do brush recognition all so this
0: those stuff. guys the people who did neo node mm-hmm. they were like swedish it was European. European. I don't remember Danish. the details. They had a. I just this is like you just totally sparked a memory from like CES in two thousand and nine <laughs> or eight or something. They showed me a demo of a device that was like, if you can imagine, it was like their next version of the Neo Node, mm-hmm. and the the home screen of the device was all interlocking widgets, like the way that Android has widgets, mm-hmm. obviously. But it was like interlocking like these informational spaces, and I was like. I wrote about it for Engadget. I was like, this is the fucking future. Like, this This, is amazing. It was like you could scroll it and it would have all these different sort of like, here's your email, here's the time, here's the weather. And I was like, oh my God, this is the most amazing interface. It never, they never made the device. Mm -hmm. I think they went out of business Mm -hmm. is what happened because the iPhone happened. Yep. And then all bets were off basically. But there was an era where there was the idea of the smartphone. Right. Without the perfect execution of the smartphone. Right. Right. And that actually is a good, you know what? We should take a break. Okay. I'm going to take a
1: break. Does that mean more champagne?
0: Yes. We're going to do an ad or two, and then we're going to come back because this actually leads perfectly into some stuff I want to talk about. Excellent. How we missed it, no one knows. But now Nikki Tomlin, a PhD in linguistics from the University of Chicago, is working on deciphering it with a team of cryptologists at a research think tank called Cypher. linguistic scholar Tomlin is trying to decode a message received from outer space 70 years ago. We think. The Message is the new podcast from GE Podcast Theater in Panoply, which follows Nikki's work. The new eight-episode podcast series will blow your scientific mind. It will also blow your regular mind, just for the record. This new sci-fi series will blur the lines between reality and fiction, just as the famous War of the Worlds radio broadcast did almost 80 years ago. Though... Hopefully no one will jump out of a window when they hear this broadcast. Through Nikki Tomlin's reports and interviews, we slowly learn more about what this mysterious message from outer space contains. Are we 70 years too late on deciphering the message? Why did the aliens reach out to us? Where am I? And who's the president? Don't miss out on any of these details. Subscribe to this new modern-day War of the Worlds podcast from GE Podcast the Iron Panoply called The Message. You can do it on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Again, that's The Message from GE Podcast the Iron Panoply. Subscribe today on iTunes or your favorite app. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You're bad with money. You're bad at investing. Nobody should have ever let you get anywhere near money to invest. But luckily, there's a better way. Wealthfront.com is a better way. You can sign up in just minutes. And Wealthfront goes right to work, monitoring your portfolios round the clock and taking action as soon as opportunity arises. It's basically taking all of the responsibility of investing out of your hands. Because as I've just stated, you're a dangerous investor and you need help, serious professional help, the kind that only Wealthfront.com can provide. With Wealthfront, you pay less than $5 a month to invest a $30,000 account, and you don't have to have much to get started either. You know, you can open an account with as little as 500 bucks. So even if you've squandered most of the money that you had in your poor Uh, haphazard investment tactics, you can still uh, get going with Wealthfront. Tens of thousands of people across the country have signed up already. In fact, Wealthfront manages over $2.6 billion in client assets, and it's grown over 20 times in the past two years. Go to Wealthfront.com slash tomorrow to see your free personalized investment portfolio. You'll see the customized allocation they recommend for your profile. And just for tomorrow, listeners, if you sign up to invest, Wealthfront will manage your first 15 grand entirely free of charge for life. That means in addition to never paying commissions or any hidden fees, you also won't pay any management fees to have that first $15,000 invested. Claim your offer today at Wealthfront.com slash tomorrow. For compliance purposes, I have to tell you that Wealthfront Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation, a member FINRA and SIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in securities involves risk. And there is the possibility of losing money. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to read their full disclosure. We're back with Matias Duarte. And a lot of stuff to talk about. We gotta cover a lot of ground here. Okay. So let's we were go, talking quick. about we were talking about um, the evolution of the smartphone. Yes. I'm gonna go through a bunch of things really quickly. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna try to. So the evolution of the smartphone. I don't um, believe you. Uh <laughs> yeah, I know I think we're gonna get stuck. But there was a point where you went from these sort of um, immature ideas about how we would interact with a more mobile uh, computer. To a much more mature concept, which Apple really, I think we can say is the the central instigator in a new model for interaction, which is touchscreen, multi-touch, so multiple fingers on a capacitive touchscreen, interacting with, in a very physical way, with very digital things. Like, we have traditionally had layers of abstraction between us and the thing. Like when you use a computer, you have a keyboard, a mouse, those are representation, those represent help you to represent things that are happening on the screen like or, or manipulate things that are happening on the screen but like when you move the mouse, you're not moving the screen, you're moving something that moves the screen for you. It's a tool very much a tool, right? When you use the keyboard you're not typing on the screen, you're not putting the letters on by hand, you're yeah. putting them on well, by it's, hand it's, in this thing and then it goes up on the screen.
1: What, what, we, what we talk about is the distinction between direct manipulation and indirect manipulation that's a that's, that's, direct manipulation my favorite style of manipulation <laughs> and well direct manipulation is better because that's what your brain is wired for indirect manipulation works because it's similar enough to what your brain is wired for
0: i'm gonna challenge you on direct manipulation being like i mean it sounds like you're saying that's a, a preferable environment Yes. Than indirect manipulation. Well, it depends
1: what you're optimizing for.
0: Well, this actually is perfectly laced into what I wanted to bring up. So so you've been working on smartphones for a long time. Like, let's just Uh say, you know, Sidekick, uh, Helio, that was... Helio, there's no S on the end, right? No. Okay. Uh, It's just like, it's been so long. Uh, But when you get into the Palm... Obviously, the, the 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 palm is the Palm Pre and OS is very much in the world of direct manipulation, mm-hmm. and in fact, like playing into this idea that um, within direct manipulation, we will need to l- sort of learn uh, methods of interaction that are new to the new to us but very germane to the form. Yeah. Like well, that's, swiping, always, that's always
1: been the case, right? Swiping, like, pinching. You know, using the mouse in the first place was was very new to us. Um, when you have things like BlackBerry or um, even the Sidekick, the idea of using a scroll wheel was very foreign to us. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, there was a time where uh, it was very interesting back in those early days. Like, we had a very strong anti-touch screen bias. We felt like, okay, well, Palm and, and Newton, they tried that touchscreen thing, <laughs> that pen stuff. That's bullshit. That stuff just sucks. You know, it was terrible. <laughs> I love it's that. So much, it's so much more efficient to God, use this wheel- You're way off. You know, to scroll through stuff. Um, well, that in was, certain cases- That was cases, the attitude. In certain um, cases, it is. And, uh, uh, People still long for that dial on the side of the blackberry. Yeah. Well, because it's, even though it's indirect and in some ways it in, increases your cognitive load, when you have become- Proficient at it, right? In 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 certain ways, it can be more efficient, right? right. right. Um, and that's a trade-off you're constantly making, right? It's like do you optimize for steep learning curve efficiency, or do you optimize for low learning curve, low. Stress, low cognitive load, et cetera, right? Right.
0: But so so this gets me to my to my thinking and my point about this. We've gotten to a point where smartphones are, are very evolved. I mean I think they're very mature in terms of their they feel mature in terms mm-hmm. of what we can do with them now. Yep. We've learned the direct
1: manipulation. We we pick up on the cues for the most part. Yeah. I mean I, I do want to make the point that I think um we take for granted that we would have converged on these models that we've converged today. These, you know, capacitive touchscreen technology with this type of direct manipulation. That's not necessarily the case, right? Technology constantly... Um, settles on particular configurations that are not necessarily the optimal configurations, but once they reach a critical mass, right. they, they become a local maxima, yeah. right? And then it's very hard to move away from them. Well, but, but so, that's, so in that's a real I... way, I mean, we're very lucky that Apple was able to procure the, 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 the technology to do the capacitive touchscreen stuff and push that in the way that they did to get this type of very accessible direct manipulation Um, out there at the time that they did because it's just as credible that there would have been uh, another world that would have been much more like the palm or the blackberry world but you know with high resolution fast screens and the animations and everything but which would have had a higher barrier of accessibility would not have had that that moment of like oh here's my three-year-old on the tablet swiping through things and, right. and able to to okay manipulate things the I way totally, they manipulate the real world
0: i totally agree with you but i will this is where i'm getting to which is sometimes when i'm using my phone i feel like i want to scream <laughs>
1: <laughs> and okay. and, and like, I'm not like, sure how you got there from how oh, I'm going to tell you. I'm okay. going to tell you. I
0: see something amazing on the phone, and it makes me want to scream. No, I'm, I feel like doing things that are complex we've actually gone backwards in some oh, ways like sure the, the the indirect manipulation like what is available to me when mm-hmm. i'm on a laptop for sure, sure, like sure. the combination of the trackpad with its multiple oh, yeah. gestures well, i mean that's that whole myth with, i mean, with, you're, with you're my... talking
1: about that whole myth of like oh my god tablets they're gonna kill pcs yeah and people are gonna stop buying pcs I know, but if anything
0: tablets is... have made me feel like i need a, a regular computer more when i use a tablet i feel like This is how I actually physically feel when I'm using a tablet or a a smartphone to do something that's even a little bit complex. I feel like somebody has like chopped my arms off. <laughs> that's and I, why you scream. And I'm, and I'm and like, I'm using that's, my like, my, like intense. Intense. I'm using oh my like shoulder stumps. I'm using my shoulder <laughs> stumps to like get <laughs> to do something. Okay. Like, but mm. this is real. Like, I, think this I would is real.
1: scream if I had to use my shoulder stumps.
0: Yeah. To, uh, I think we would all be enraged about the shoulder stump situation. But when I get to my computer with my, all of my digits, my fingers mm-hmm. and like a f- big view of things, like multiple things on mm-hmm. screen at once, like I feel like I can, I can do more, faster, mm-hmm. more efficiently, um, and more naturally than I can do it on uh, on a phone or a tablet. Well, and naturally
1: like, is a dangerous word, right? Well, what feels natural because, to me, I guess. Yeah, but, no, but, I, but I would challenge it's what you're efficient at and what you've. What you've been trained and is culturally acceptable enough to have proficiency in. But, but see, this is I mean, I... this whole thing about language, right? Like, we're so blind to technology once it's it's old, right? We don't see, we don't look at the, at the, at the highway system and think, "Oh my god, what a fucking amazing piece of technology!" <laughs> right? We don't look <laughs> oh, at the I alphabet don't... and say, "Like, holy fucking!" I do. No, I shit. do sometimes. Like, I'm like, look is... at these letters. Because, yeah, no, seriously, like this right. this idea of. Being able to type on a keyboard and turn that into symbols, which correspond to words, which correspond to ideas, right? You've invested a lot in learning how to write and learning language and learning how to articulate ideas through language. And then you've invested more in like learning how to use your digits to type on to peck on this little keyboard, uh, right? To, no, to do that, I, right? Okay. And yet, it's worth it because you are so efficient and yeah. and proficient yeah. at at getting ideas across, right? Well, how much I mean, how much faster is it to
0: Okay, so I use a uh helper app on my computer called Alfred. Okay. Alfred can be triggered with a um two-stroke key command. And it brings up a window that lets you, it's a search box, essentially. Uh-huh. And from from that search box, you can search for it's applications. Like Silverlight? For, uh, yeah, it is. It's like you can search for applications. You can do a Google search. You can do essentially a, a, a kind of very dumbed down command line. I can find something almost mm-hmm. instantaneously. Mm-hmm. To do the same thing on a phone or a tablet is in any way is like is like pulling teeth. I mean, it's just not as efficient. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. And like I assume that there are people who are like, oh, this is my platform and I can just like rock this thing. But I see the interactions we've created for tablets and smartphones. And I see the openness of laptops and desktops and like the OS, which is like boundless or like as limited as you want it to be. And so essentially I
1: could create a layer for that OS that is I mean, I super think limited. I think there's two things that are happening at the same time. One is what are the capabilities of the OS and the, the OSs that you have on the desktops do tend to be more ambitious and more open um, and less restrictive. And then you have those limitations that are imposed by the form factors and the right. desire to make things more manipulable. And, and they're both happening at the same time, but they're actually independent. Um, but i think i th- i find this topic absolutely fascinating because um one of the things that andy andy rubin said to me early on when um he was he was talking to me about android he was describing like what he was doing he was like what am i up to now and and he asked me this, this is question why when you're at at Palm? Uh, no, I think this was before I was at Palm. Uh, this might have been. Uh, I might have been at Helio or going to Helio. I don't remember the exact time. Just think, you were but Helio it, was, it was very early was on. I, I don't think Android was was announced. Um, and he posed this question to me, which at, at the time I could not appreciate. And he asked me this question, um, which was, "What's the perfect uh, mobile device?" I was like, "Oh, oh, that's exciting. Let me tell you the the perfect mobile device." And, <laughs> and he's like. No, no, really, what's the perfect mobile device for everybody? I was like, uh, why is that a different question? Um, and at the time, I couldn't appreciate it. But in retrospect, I, I've I've grown to really appreciate what he was getting at. The idea that, that there are so many different people and so many different situational needs that it's not just about the hardware, but also everything about the experience of how you interact with the computer. Um, there is no one-size-fits-all solution. You know, I had, I had grown don't up... Tell Apple that. Well, really? Well, I mean, they, I mean, they do have well. two great. sizes of phones. They have several sizes, but, the, mean, so, but
0: the solution is the same, and, and it seems I, to be doing very I, well for them, I actually. I, I mean, Android can take lots I, of different I, forms. I can't, and...
1: I can't see a stronger admission of the reality... That different people have different needs than the fact that there are two iPhone sizes, and that was yeah, but that the was the blindness are, that's, but that that's like, I had brought to the problem myself. I had grown don't up. Don't you think size is a negligible? I had grown up in a environment where this whole practice of designing software and understanding usability and interaction was was nascent, um, and part of it was delivered through you know actual education and science and backed by things, but part of it uh, was was received authority, right? And during that period of time, there were a few icons of how to do things right. And, and Apple had, uh, for a long time, been one of those icons. And I just, you know, I had internalized that. And I just assumed, well, of course, there is one right solution for everybody. right? Um, and, uh, and even at that time, you know, I just assumed that. Um, now I realize, like, that's just so not the case. And and I think Andy was really on to something with that. And and we can talk about all the ways that, that maybe um, the Android ecosystem or the Android platform as a platform, you know, hasn't lived up to that or has created other problems that counteract that. But I think that's a really important insight when you think about, like, the problem of computing, the problem of, like... Uh, <laughs> You know, we all call ourselves... It's, it's like, you don't want to call yourself a rocket scientist. Like, we were not computer scientists. But if you think about you computer, computer science problems... I mean, technically, I mean, yes, I have a at degree least people in who computer work. science. Okay, certainly people um, who work for you are computer scientists. Yes, no, I, I, according to a, a, a university, I, I should be. Um, but... Um, you know, don't look at my test scores too closely. Um, <laughs> or, wow. Or the, yeah, or the, or the programs I wrote the night very, before, you have to turn good. them in. You're not very uh, good. I get it. Well, you know, we could talk about education, too. That's a that's a whole yeah, different we topic. Blow up, we got to blow up the education system but the, um, the world. But it is a real serious problem to be considered... When you think about computing, you have to think about the human interface side of computing. And when you think about the human interface side of computing, not just like okay, how are we going to uh, uh, deal with certain uh, c- computational limitations, or how are we going to advance technologies around you know storage or communication or whatever? How are we going to you know advance the state of certain classes of algorithms or, or certain ways for for people to write software? Like, there's all these very valid fields for computer science, right? And this is why people write languages and why they create new things like databases and why, you know, things like, like encryption, a, like a you know, are, are, yeah, are, are created, right? <laughs> There's all these meaty problems in computer science. But one of the one of the meaty, very serious problems of computer science is how to make this tool, this thing that can become any other tool right and it used to be that it was just a tool to process information so it's like the computer is an information processing tool that can transmute itself into any conceivable information processing tool that's a heavy concept wow but now with the inter- limited all, by, all the yeah. interfaces that we're giving to computers to operate on the real world right through robotics and 3D printing and you know just the the incredible array of sensors that we have you know, out VR. there right basically you know a computer has the potential to be a tool that can become any tool, right? Which is even heavier as a as a concept. Yeah. But one of the one of the problems in that sphere is the question of how do people actually interface it? Um, right. And I'm saying we've gone backwards in some way. In in some in many ways, we I mean, have. We,
0: we've we've reduced our. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm saying it's a thing. You know, we have decided certain things work. Like pinch to zoom is a really good example to me. When Mm -hmm. I think about pinch to zoom, amazing idea, totally natural, makes total sense. Like it just feels right. Except most people, I feel like most people are walking around using their phone with one hand. Right. And when pinch to zoom, and one hand get together, it's a fucking disaster <laughs> it is no. a fucking disaster. Do you see people like these Doesn't people work. who are like desperately trying to like find a way to pinch to Zoom? Or have you ever been in the situation where you need to pinch to Zoom on something and you have one hand free yeah, and another and hand is carrying a hot then coffee? You're like, There's your
1: nose and you're you doing be, can this I, Can you're, I pinch to Zoom got, with my nose yeah, and my you've thumb? Got, no, have time. you not done that? Oh, I've, I've done, done that. that.
0: Yeah. I mean I mean you've got the hot coffee in one yeah. hand and you're I don't mean to I'm not trying to be like the Andy Rooney here, like, all these kids with their hot coffees and their but but that is a place where we think we made a leap
1: but that's a that's a perfect example of the idea that there is not one solution for all contexts, for all people, and that it makes sense. In in every other domain, in every other tool, we have gradients, multiple ways to do things. We right. offer a set of things, right? right? Um, you can, you know, we were talking about paper and, and brushes and ink and everything uh, earlier. You know, you can, you, can, you can get a watercolor set for your kids, and they can do pretty good stuff with it, right? Um, but if you're going to do, like, some serious painting or some serious watercoloring, you're going to invest in better paper and better brushes, and you're going to be able to do different things that um your kids can't take advantage of because it's going to take more training and investment on your part right right so i've i've grown to believe that that there is not a one size fits all solution but at the same time i've also grown to believe that um you need to try to make um as much of a consistent underlying universal foundation for all of your solutions so it's not like um uh, unfortunately, because software doesn't impose any rules on you today. Rather than having kind of a scaffolding type world where you can you can learn how to use a pencil which might teach you some skills which eventually apply to using oil paints later on if you're gonna you're gonna paint the great American novel. Uh, yes okay, to that's really not, stress I don't this think that's how it works this metaphor. It's okay. Um <laughs> Um, with software, yeah, yeah. Right, because it can do anything, it could be the case that you learn one tool and the next level, the more proficient tool, it's like all of a sudden now gravity's upside down, right? Nothing carries forward, right? There is no underlying consistent firmament and... That stresses out your brain. Your brain's not built for, like, you walk into the next room next over and the laws of physics are inverted, right? Your brain is built for I'll Speak for a yourself. That to me of... is not anything
0: new. That's just another <laughs> day at the office. Okay, so you, what you're saying is we have created more options and that is a problem for the human brain, for the pathetic human brain, which can do very little. Oh...
1: For the, for the Why do I gotta put words in my mouth? ten percent.
0: Like I mean, I feel like what you're saying is and no. I quote, people are awful, and, they're, <laughs> no. and they have tiny brains.
1: I think, a, I think you can attribute that to Matthias. I, I think we're awful to people. <laughs> oh, that's and, good. and <laughs> we spend, <laughs> we, spend um, we spend too much time uh, putting their brains through exercises that if we had a little bit of consideration and respect for them, we wouldn't. Um, you think in interface design, we do that? Yeah, all the time. I think in platform design we do that too. I think I think that's one of the biggest um one of the biggest things uh <laughs> that we don't talk about is the impact and the effect that all of the types of works that we do have on people's lives um in the way that um so across the street from my hotel they're building a new building. I look at that building and I think of all the regulations that are in place, all the, the the unions and their rules and the architects and their codes of conduct and the structural engineers and their best practices and engineering tolerances and the building permits and the regulations that are all there to make the experience of people in that building not just safe – But healthy. Right. Right? It's like it's not just good enough that the building doesn't crush you as soon as you walk (laughs) into it, right? Like people people demand collapsing walls. Why do we do that? But if but if the building is mediating your experience of being in physical space and how you live in the physical space, why is it that all of our experiences in our digital space are such a complete crapshoot, right? There's so many things that we know about how our software can manipulate people or can impose, um, you know, demands upon their attention or create stress. Um, and there are dark patterns that people explicitly. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, we, we ran a piece exploit a, right
0: when, when I was at the and verge, yet nobody talks a, about this. We, no, we ran a piece on dark patterns at the verge about the the sorts of like the way that you're cornered into doing certain things in interfaces. Right, where like you want to say no, but you end up saying yes. Or we have this like, whole
1: thing of like, oh, we want to give you, um, we want to expose what. Permissions your software has, so that you're responsible for them, and yet we we create these environments where like everybody is using every art of persuasion that's known to human society for forever to be just like, well, just click that button, it'll be okay. They're going to ask you to click this button. Don't be scared. It's really important that you click this button. You know, um, and have a cocktail. Uh, <laughs> why don't we? Talk and consider our responsibility I don't know, to people Matias, in these places. Why, ways. why aren't a, these a, things a, you're regulated? You're a vice president potentially. at Google. Uh, why aren't we talking more about it? Well, I'm trying to start conversations the, about them. The I'm in fact. <laughs> where's the
0: session at Google I.O. about dark patterns? Mm. Does it exist?
1: No, have perhaps I, I back you
0: into a corner. Um,
1: <laughs> well, have I back you into a dark oh corner? I'm, su- I'm supposed to show things, right? I'm I'm uh, yeah, yeah, t- yeah, yeah. I'm here yeah. in New York because we're having this conference where we're getting designers together to have conversations do about ta- do designery about, stuff. Do you talk about dark patterns, um, and one of the things that 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 I am going to encourage the uh, the the people there to talk about is these questions of what are our ethical and code of conduct responsibilities, and what are the what are the, the things that we do need to consider having uh, codes and, and particularly uh, potentially regulations around uh, because of the impact that our work has right. on, on people's lives? You don't want to smash people
0: in the building when they walk in.
1: I, want to, I aspire to a lot better than not just crushing them to yeah. death. You want to have a building that makes them feel really good about themselves. That's right. We're talking about something that's
0: very relevant to what you're doing now. So this is like a little bit of a, a piece of information. I don't know if everybody knows. You are... <laughs> I like the face that you're making. You're bracing for something me to say something horrible. You're not working. You're not working on Android. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. You I am are. You currently are currently responsible for material design at Google. Your focus has shifted from like. Yeah, at the beginning of this year, um, we took kind of the the uh, material design effort, which had been kind of a, an informal ad hoc effort um, or a, a quiet revolution from the trenches if you will effort uh, depending on how you feel yeah um, well how do people, and, how do people and, feel is it a quiet revolution
0: from the trenches uh, well i think we want to make the, it, we want to make it a loud
1: revolution i don't know um, you know you're talking is about designers is is so the they like they like being revolutionary is that revolution within google or within the industry within google i'd say okay um the, um, oh, like the, anyways, we, t- we, we took the this revelation. thing that we'd, we'd kind of like created um, in this very grassroots way and we decided to formalize it and make it uh, a thing inside Google, a function. And so, yes, and that's what I'm doing now. So so you've moved
0: away from... So essentially, like if I have some gripe about Marshmallow... Is that the latest version <laughs> of Android? Yes. Right, if I'm like, how come this thing... I actually will say this. Like when I... I Said on Twitter, you're going to come on the podcast and Mm -hmm. we're going to talk. There's a Reddit forum, a Reddit uh, subreddit, which is all about Android. And they are big fans of yours, apparently. Yes. And people are like, "Oh, ask Love him them. why. Ask him why um, the notifications are like iOS now. Like if I if I was gonna, can I ask you that question? Sure. Can I? Okay. Why are yeah. the notifications like iOS? Um, why instead of like being discreet, mm-hmm. little like, hey, mm-hmm. here's a thing. If you the, want to look, at this it, check was it out. this
1: was a design that we started uh, trying to implement in Android um, back uh, last release, and it's gotten a little bit better this release. Has um, it? Has and it? the you, you can turn it off. It's called Peking, is that what it's called? Yeah. And the idea was. Um, we we introduced the concept of actionable notifications, the idea that a notification could be more than just a text payload or an icon payload, and I could could actually let you do things. Right, mm, a couple of releases ago now. Wow, I've, I have like, actually that's even like four, which one. like Android four or something. Right, and so been, uh, for things that were really high priority, we felt like you know wouldn't it be great to have those things be able to actually come in, uh, barge in. I think was the colloquial term, although I don't think that's a technical term, uh-huh. um, that's, and and that's... give you the opportunity opportunity to like do something with it right then and there. Right. And uh the first implementation of that um was kind of a one size fits all so that it only came in at a fixed size but you could take actions on it if you wanted to engage with it. And we we, I, we didn't get everything we wanted in it. I think it was a little more difficult to dismiss. Um and uh it also is Oh, it is a one size fits all covers the top yeah it covers your, yeah. it covers a little bit of the UI and I yeah. think in in, in marshmallow um, one of the things that we had wanted to do initially the ability to tuck it away or dismiss it immediately if you don't want it to cover any of the UI right but we that added crazy? That in but, but, but you can also turn it off right uh, you can turn it off but that's not the point nobody like real people don't fiddle with their settings right no, but, real people, but real people also hate when things cover the,
0: pl- the place they're trying to touch yes don't you think or real people can i just say this i'm sorry i don't want to i don't want
1: no, no, to no i want to get something
0: bigger than this and we don't have endless amounts of time there is some real mistake when you ask me to take action on every single notification that comes into my phone because i actually will say this on android i think notifications to me are much more the interface of the actual os than like the home screen or the app page, whatever kind of like these like intermediary general mm-hmm. states that you end up in. So notifications are a very
1: are, reactive user.
0: Well notifications are very they're extremely useful in Android because of the functionality that you gave to them. Mm-hmm. But they're also and they're and they're and they 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 group in the right way. They stack in the yep, right way. Yep, they are yep. like collapsible in the so right look, way. They're, except like except like I don't want them to impede my use in sure, the middle of sure, something else. Right. Sure. Like so to me that feels like an aggressive so an aggressive user it,
1: it was decision so this is one of the things you know what i was talking about local maxima earlier i don't know I, if people I know remember. what i mean but but by local maxima local maxima is the idea that that um sometimes to get to a better place you have to step away from a place that's pretty good and stuff gets a little bit worse on the way to the new place sure
0: it's like um, you gotta you know you gotta um, uh, break a you gotta break some eggs make an omelet kind of like that
1: now <laughs> exactly. now um, i mean
0: i think you're also talking about that, collateral that model, damage sometimes that model only sometimes makes there's collateral damage like some people get killed <laughs> you know when you're trying to get to peace no you know, um, is that what we're talking
1: about here uh there what i'm talking about is the fact that there are trade-offs um and and in in if you're looking at a graph on like you know just two axes you know there might be like there's only negatives as you get to your next maximum but you're usually optimizing across many many axes right and so there's some things that get better and some things get a little worse there's absolutely nothing incompatible about the idea of notifications being Actionable elements that can be different scales, depending on how important they are and how actionable they are, right. and could have a different degree of disruption on your experience, right? And so the like, question like is, chat
0: heads in like the
1: Facebook kind chat of heads. like chat heads, it's like they in float Facebook. in the corner. Um, there may be other examples in the past that that some of your fans might uh, be able to reference, um, but <laughs> some uh, of them <laughs> some might of them be able to, <laughs> maybe. Um, but you know, you're constantly forced with this choice of like, do you Would you not make any progress towards that end state Um, or would you not start going towards that end state because you know that, that maybe there's going to be some compromises on the way there? Um, and it's always a judgment call. There's never an easy an easy call to make. So you're saying so the we current, the current to, state
0: is like a is like an in between s- step, everything, step. Everything
1: everything's always an in between. Everything every release we've okay. made. It's always an in between step. Okay, I'm giving you. I basically better. just wanted to give you shit about the notifications I yeah, didn't like, like, and I was using a, a Reddit received. a Reddit
0: user to like yeah. allow, you know allow me to do Thank that. Thank you. I don't know angry the name of the Angry Joe 137. They are very angry, trust me. Um, but here's what I actually want to get in when I was saying about the Android, about where you Things now get
1: better. Within Google. It will, it will be better.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a promise. Although you won't be directly responsible for those things getting better in Android because you are focused on a much larger task at hand at Google, which
1: is... I wouldn't say it's much larger, but it's a different task, right? So I'm we're working... On, something um, that Sergey and Larry... <laughs> You said, is this, is the, this is the most important uh, thing that can happen at the
0: company at this point. Uh, no, I don't okay, think that's, so.
1: Okay, I made that up. But the, um, Yeah, no, I'm, I'm but so tell me
0: So tell me, so, so you've gone away from, I'm just saying, like, you've been working on interfaces for phones and tablets mm-hmm. and developing that. And that was material design sort of came out of that, at least, you know,
1: if I'm wrong, correct mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But it sort of bubbled up out of, like, trying to... Yeah, material design was, was kind of... Um, looking at kind of those framework aspects like what are the building blocks what are the ground rules you set for developers the regulations um uh, how can you make uh it's actually less about the regulations and more about just the laws of physics <laughs> the, uh, Yeah, a yeah. wall has to be at this yeah angle. you actually have to put bricks on top of each other yeah. you can't just kind of float them out over space yeah um it's very inconvenient well but, i guess but you're going play minecraft yeah actually uh,
0: does i guess minecraft doesn't allow you
1: to float bricks Oh, well, I could with the right hacks. I don't really know. Um, you know what? I don't play because I, don't I have I have a lot of other stuff I have to worry about. Because you're not 12. Because
0: I'm not 12 and I'm not the future of
1: technology. That's right. Okay. Um,
0: but at any, rate, at any rate, so you started to put these these
1: uh Yeah, so material design place. was was born out of the fact that we were working at this level of, of building blocks and laws of physics for, for developers um, and uh, we wanted to create a coherent system um, that would create a consistent set of rules and laws of physics, not just for Android, not just for phones and tablets, but to see could we create this 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 set of rules, this way that that people would learn and understand how to use things without having to, you know, relearn how to walk right um, every time, and and do that across across the board, and, and that's so that, how it was born, and that expanded um, out to cover. Lots of stuff at Google, not just yeah. Android. So, so so, the scope of that today is Android and iOS and the web. Right. Um, and so now we want to keep making that better. So your focus, just so I understand
0: it, your focus at Google is not like, let's make Android great. It is, let's make the language of design at Google great
1: across Whatever screen you're going to interact with it on. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. That's yeah. good. I'm going to make that our mission. I'm right. Team. I mean, is yeah. my,
0: am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, about no, that's that? great. That's so, perfect. So it's like it's that's like perfect. if it's a TV interface, if it's the web, if it's a phone, if it mm-hmm. is a laptop, whatever it is. There's yeah. uh, you're yeah, designing. We're, a system. We're very much
1: interested in that system. What is that that uh, language that we use in that space? And, right. and, and and as you alluded to earlier, that's that's one of the reasons why we were why we were involved in in the project to rebrand Google. Well, that's uh, yeah. So that was going to be. So how much does that you were involved
0: in fairly mm-hmm. heavily? I'm assuming. I don't. Yeah. That. So um, you're responsible for destroying the Google logo. Is that? <sighs> am I right in saying that? Uh,
1: partially, respo- partially responsible. Partially <laughs> responsible. Shared responsibility. For I don't destroying? know. Destroying. Yeah. For destroying the <laughs> beloved icon of millions. The beloved. You know, someone, garbage right.
0: serif thrown oh, together. No,
1: don't say that. Come on. You have to admit. You have to. Admit, <laughs> <laughs> you have to
0: admit. The original Google logo, even the more evolved Google logo, pretty gross. Pretty gross. You're not gonna say it. I, you're not gonna say it, but your eyes are saying. it. That's all I need. <laughs> I am. You know what? I think this uh, is a great place. I think this is no, a great. No, this place is not a in. great place. You're a terrible person, Josh. <laughs> what? Oh my
1: god! i <laughs> Try, Trying to make me say something? No, i not. No, I'm not. but you. But you were involved in the rebranding of, we, of Google. We, I was. Yes, we were involved in the rebrand. You decided to put that. Um, the one, uh, the,
0: the E. The, slanted the e. slant. The slant and the no. E at an angle. Um, that although, was your personal no, decision.
1: No, although um, I, was, I was involved in that discussion. It was a fun discussion to have because it was actually a, uh, um, a whole sense of, like, had we pushed the logo type um, in particular? Because when we think about the new Google brand system, the logo, we think it's really interesting because it has multiple parts. It has an icon. It has a logo type. It has these animated dots. And they're, they're all the logo, they're all part of the brand system. Um, and that's pretty pretty interesting and exciting. And we look at the, the logo type itself, the word mark, Google, um, we had concern of like, have we, we knew we needed to, push it into a place that was different and that might be uncomfortable, but like, did we push it too far? Did we get too cold? Did we get too, you know, analytical Too artsy Too, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so we actually came back and that tilted E came back as part of this, this, uh, uh, sense of exploration of like, okay, we all feel like the colors carry a lot of the exuberance and, uh, Childish, uh, childlike wonder. Child, that, not childish, uh, but childlike. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So of the original Google logo. Of, of the original yeah. Google logo, and and we felt like also like the the school book it's writing, disgusting
0: thrown together, Sarah version for, <laughs> for that man. we're all happy to what? have seen gone to see go away. Uh-huh. Uh, me That's,
1: That's me speaking. That's Josh Topolski speaking. That's not you speaking. I don't glad, work for anybody at I'm Google. I'm glad you feel good about the new thing that we've done. I love it. I love uh, it. Well,
0: I'll say this. It's just nice. Change is good. I think change is good. I think it, like I think if you're if you have a problem with change, you you are not built for this the, the age that we live in. You know, so if you like, have a
1: problem with change. I don't think you're built for life.
0: <laughs> well, no, that's true. But I think especially now, like we are in just a, a constant state of upgrade. And I think that if you're not built for like the upgrade or the alteration, it's very very difficult to survive in today's in today's society, in today's world. Anyhow, we have to wrap up, unfortunately. Okay. Unfortunately, I don't want to leave. I do Because you're leave. out of vodka. There's a. I am out, but <laughs> that's very upsetting. And you're out of champagne, and so it's a very dark time for all of us here. There's a million things I want to talk about. We did not get to all of them. There will always be a next time. You have to come back. I'm sure we'll end up talking somewhere, somehow. Um, but this is great. Thank you for coming and doing this. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for bringing this uh, delicious champagne. No, oh, you're welcome, and, and thanks for having uh, me. Until next time. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to have to have this conversation privately okay good night good night (laughs) that's our podcast we'll be back next week with more and as always i wish you and your family the very best but i have to say i am watching your family and i'm waiting i'm waiting for the right moment you won't know when you won't know where but it's coming Razors, of course, the famous razor blade. Who would do that? Also, who's eating apples so like hard they like don't even notice the razor blade?
1: Like, you know.